Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another Waffle Press commentary track. I'm your host, Diego Crespo. With me, who's dragged me into this one, is Matt Garingo. You should be thanking me for this one, frankly. I am very happy to revisit this film, Birds of Prey, uh, directed by Kathy Yan. just came out this year, but... Why were you so excited to talk about this one before we start pressing play? No one, no press... one, no one pressed the play button yet. <laughs> no one pressed the play button, yeah. Don't, don't. Because um, this is the, the best movie ever. This movie's fantastic. It's the second best movie of the year so far. It's better than every movie in the DC Cinematic Universe and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I think people are cowards and refusing to recognize the brilliance at work here. Uh, I love this movie. It might be my favorite of the year. It's, I, I'd really have to think about that also because there's only like 10 movies out this year. Yeah, for public I haven't seen much, but this is a five star movie. Uh, I, I would at least keep it in that ballpark. I, I think it's a terrific film, but I guess now we should mention just how, how we're watching this. I'm watching this on the iTunes version how are you watching it? Uh, PlayStation Network version. Okay. Okay. So when we press and play, I, it'll just start right away, right? Yes. But I also okay. want to tell people a <laughs> little, little fun Matt fact. Um, we're recording this immediately after we recorded. I mean, not immediately. Like a few days after we recorded the uh, Temple of Doom uh, recording, <laughs> which will probably not be out for another few months. Knowing our schedules, but uh, we just did it. And I want everyone to know that about an hour after recording that, um, the pump at my house burst and my yard flooded. And now I have no water at the house. So I've been without water. It is Sunday. I have been out without water since Wednesday. Oh, and wow. It will not be repaired until Tuesday. So that's how I've been spending my Memorial Day weekend. Oh, it is Memorial Day weekend. Holy fuck. Yeah, no one gives yeah. a shit because things are so awful right now. Yeah, no. I mean, I didn't care before other than it was a day off. But uh, okay. So, yay. Um, I, I just – I'm mentioning it because I, I believe either before or while we were recording that, I might have mentioned, like, I hear running water, but I can't figure out where it's coming from. <laughs> and it turns out it's because there was – my yard was flooding. And I did not figure that out. For like three more hours. I went, I was looking all around my house trying to figure out what was running. I went to the basement. The pump was like actively working and I'm like, so something's running. I couldn't find it. And then the sun went down and I went outside and I heard like just water because the whole yard had flooded. Well, that's delightful. Speaking of disasters, let's catch up with Harley Quinn and her girl gang. Yay! So let's get ready to press play in three, two, one, play. Play. Warner Brothers logo. Hey, I gotta ask you: Did they? I, I I've already forgotten. Did they do the DC logo? <laughs> uh, I think they do. Right? We're gonna. I mean, we're gonna find out right now. Oh, yep. There it is. It's the Batman, the Superman. I like how all those, they look nothing like the film versions, but hey. Well, that's just in case they have to recast, which... Uh... Yeah, which uh, seems to be very uh, likely. Oh, yeah, and also, uh, 
<laughs> they're bringing back one of them at least for just one movie, but whatever. Oh, who's coming back? Uh, ben Affleck will probably part be part of the Snyder Cut reshoots. Oh yeah, they're, they're going to do reshoots. Who gives a shit? I don't want to talk about that. All right. Um, <laughs> All right, so this movie's already winning by starting off with animation that is just delightful. Oh, yeah, no, no, it's, it's great. It, it totally captures, like, the appropriate vibe yeah. that they're going for, you know? Like, this this is a cartoon movie, but it it's also, like, just serious enough, you know? Like, it's never... I mean, she literally winks at the audience at the end, but it's not, yeah. like, winking along the way, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, it understands I, I really that it's... It. That she's ultimately Harley Quinn is a cartoon character, but it's going to take her very seriously, which is what I think works better. Also, this does this thing I love in uh, some that like comic book movies have not embraced enough, which is it kind of treats all continuity as having have happened because mm-hmm. we get to see brief glimpses of what Harley was probably doing with the Joker before Suicide Squad. Yeah. <laughs> um. Suicide Squad is mentioned very uh, obliquely in this. Well, I mean, like right now, her her cartoon outfit is the Suicide Squad outfit. Yeah, but but that Joker was not uh, what's his name Joker, and then the henchmen were like clown henchmen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is the I would like a return to that Joker, please. I'm sure there's a lot of incentive to do that now that Joker has made a billion dollars trying to be taxi driver but hey <laughs> yeah yeah whatever uh this is much better than the joker film by like i guess not even point there's no point to compare like this this is it's so much better um yeah i don't want to turn this as as much as that's my mo most of the time i don't want to turn this into a hate fest at other oh, no, 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 of course yeah, yeah yeah but uh like i said this is just miles away better than any of the other dc movies I like some of the DC movies, but, like, this one is just, it, like, eats their lunch. <laughs> um, and this is also, obviously, like, a huge, uh, just countless bonus points for this, but, like, her, uh, Margot Robbie has been very vocal about wanting to champion more women filmmakers and artists with all of her productions, because she's, like, making leaps in the producer game, apparently. Like, she's the one who brought on Kathy onto this film, who we'll talk about a lot, because I'm a big fan right now. And uh, I'd really like to see her debut film, Dead Pigs, which has yet to receive distribution anywhere except China. That's the big question, because this is so fucking good. It's like, where the fuck did she find Kathy Ann? Because <laughs> this is a hell of a public debut. Maybe not, maybe not her directorial debut, but for the world to see, this is a hell of a movie to start with. And it has me excited for whatever she does next, which I'm sure she won't have any stigma put against her, like other female filmmakers. Yeah, um, I really fucking hope not. Okay, so that dude right there who Harley Quinn's about to jump and break his legs, um, he is one of the members of the David Leach, Chad Stahelski uh, stunt production team. I forget their names. I'm sorry about that. I should have done more research. But I just wanted to shout them out because they did assist with the reshoots. But, you know, they didn't, like, hijack Kathy Yon's production either. They're just like, mm. here, they wanted us to do more action. What are we doing, Kathy? And I, I just, I really like that, too, because I'm a big fan of John Wick. And, and uh, I don't know, I just thought that was cool that it's kind of like all these really scrappy, uh, like, honestly, even though the John Wick franchise is, like, huge now, it's kind of a scrappy little action franchise. 
And so Kathy Yan and Margot Robbie and this this whole team just kind of like got together and made like a really down and dirty action movie with comic book yeah. characters, which yeah. I like a lot because I like my action like this, you know. Mm-hmm. It's real down and dirty. Actually, I know very little about the production, so there were reshoots done on this movie. There were reshoots done. I'll, I'll mention some of them. Um, that I, I do not know, know about the black mask situation, like a hundred percent. I think there were some rumors flying around. I know one of the rumors is definitely true, but like the, the actual mask that will eventually come into play. I, I think there's a little point of contention about whether or not that was like a reshoot edition or if it was the end goal initially. Not that yeah, that some matters. Some of the black mask stuff you know? feels a little like disconnected but this is a fairly like i don't know i don't this movie when i watched it did not feel like a movie that had reshoots done you know but yeah no no it it feels like a whole uniform story you see a lot of these comic book movies and you can just feel like what was shot like six months apart (laughs) you can feel (laughs) like the seven different movies that were made and then shoved into one and this, it all feels very streamlined, whereas I feel like any reshoots that were done were just meant to, like, underline something that was already in the film. Yeah, uh, which is, like, we've talked about, everyone talks about this, but, like, reshoots are not inherently a bad thing, but this is how you do them. You, you just bring out what was already there more, you know? And honestly, like, talking to other, like, people that are in the film industry, who the fuck doesn't want reshoots for that you know like yeah. who wouldn't kill for that <laughs> you, you just want to make it better honestly it's, it's always the problem is that like reshoots have turned into a thing now where like scared producers will fundamentally try to change the dna of a film like when it's already finished mm-hmm. and i mean again t- i i hate to be like a like hater but just look at <laughs> suicide squad the <laughs> film that essentially leads into this which does pretty much everything this movie does except all of that was done because they were desperately trying to cobble together a film that was rushed out you know yeah like i honestly understand like this this is a movie where um i don't know i don't even know why i went to see it because i was so like i've been trying to divorce myself from comic book movies (laughs) for the longest time and everyone I know kind of gave mixed reviews of this. And for some reason, you gave a somewhat mixed review. <laughs> and well, I, gave a, I gave a positive review. You were, most, that had you were mostly asterisk. simping on. You were simping on Black Canary. Oh, yeah. No, that Black was, Canary is gorgeous. But that, that's that not was, the reason. But uh, for some reason, your mixed review was got me more interested than if you had been like, this is the greatest movie ever. <laughs> Well, just because I know you, I didn't know how you'd react to it. I honestly didn't. And I don't know. Honest, I'm known. happy and, and shocked that you love it as much as you do. This is a great movie. And I'm, I haven't gotten into exactly why it's so great yet. But I think a lot of people's misgivings with it are because of this horrible, horrible, like, assembly line studio system we live with. Yeah. Because any other movie like this that has, like, non-linear storytelling, that has voiceover, that has, like, these, like, like wacky stylizations that are put over everything, you know? Like, that's um, usually stuff that's used in a desperate attempt to save a movie, you know? Mm-hmm. 
again, I mean, look at Suicide Squad. There's so much talk about how, like, that was edited by multiple different groups just trying to, like, make it work. <laughs> and we suddenly have, like, all these, like, very obvious music cues and tons of text over the screen and just, like, totally clashing styles and stories that, like, jump around and go all over the place. And I think something like that maybe made people more resistant to it here. Whereas I think everything done here is totally appropriate for the film and the story that's being told. Yeah, also th- that cut we just saw when it went from the police night sequence to this is apparently one, like, take. Oh, wow. Which is fucking that's, nuts. That's nuts. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't think it was dig- – like, it wasn't digitally stitched together, which is, like – no, the, the right here, too. Like, mm. obviously, that's – this is the same one, but, like, I don't know. I just uh, was dumbfounded when I heard that because, that's like, pretty, wow. That's pretty nuts if, if true. Crazy if true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I really like um, the point you brought up about how, like, it, it took everything that happened before and uh, just – like made a good version of it. Yeah, uh, I, I am someone who does not like when franchises are like, "Oh, fans reacted poorly to this, so let's just do that again and ignore that it ever happened." Like I'm making my way through Community at the time of this recording again, and that they do not like retcon anything that happened in the the controversial fourth season of that series. Right? They're just like, "Oh, we, we got to build off of it." And not just because that's how life works that I like that, but I, I, I wish more franchises did that. You know, like X-Men yeah. did X3 twice and no one liked it. So, whatever. <laughs> again, not trying to make this into like a hate fest movie, a commentary, but just like more more series should do this. You know, like why yeah. not try to, to grow from everything that's that's already like come to pass, you know, like build off the story. You know, you can you can go interesting directions well here we get here we get black black mask oh yeah yeah ewan mcgregor is terrific in this ewan mcgregor just loving this performance (laughs) just (laughs) just going and this is when i started realizing i was gonna love this movie frankly because this scene is insane (laughs) yeah like that like there's some deep stuff going on this movie but i I think more importantly this movie is fucking crazy (laughs) in that it gets horrific and disgusting. I didn't I went into this I think one thing that helped I went into this not knowing it was an R-rated film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I thought it was like a PG-13, you know, and I started getting excited as like legs were getting broken and faces were getting cut off. <laughs> Even though the scene is so cruel and mean. Oh, it's it's vicious. Um I've mentioned I think in my initial like post uh viewing of it the first cuz I watched this twice in theaters. And I liked it even more the second time. Uh, but I, I had mentioned last Boy Scout vibes mm-hmm. in this. And in terms of, like, the sleaziness and, like, the nasty nihilism of the villains, um, Chris Mess- yeah. Messina as a Zaz, who is a, a character I don't really care for often, is great in this. Because he's – they just, like, totally lean into, like, okay, he's, like, just a, a, a like – Oh, fantastic. Ridiculous, like, cartoon evil villain – 
in the comics. So why not just make him a henchman to a more interesting villain here? And I actually think... <laughs> and make him heavily gay-coded. Oh, heavily, heavily. And, you know, that, that could be a little controversial in some capacity. I know, but, but you know like, what? Here's here's the thing. We're, we're getting so, like... I'm so glad that it's almost uncomfortable how gay-coded they are. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like, I'm not trying to be like, man, we gotta be fucking pushing boundaries and fucking upsetting people. But we, I, I kind of am at a point where there's so many of these, like, sterile, like, studio, smoothed-out movies where, like, nothing gets by anyone. And this movie feels like, like, they maybe went off and filmed it, and then Warner Brothers was like, wait, what the fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> and then, ha- like, they just had to release it. Because there's so much in here that normally wouldn't get past a studio these days. And that's another thing that's very refreshing about it. Yeah, and it's, it's also a reminder to keep the budget down. Because this was like $100 million. Like, maybe even yeah. less. Which is I like, like that. Good. That's kind of funny, though. Keep the budget down to just $100 million. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, That's like, how fucking insane the studio system has gotten. Yeah, just fucking ridiculous. Uh, uh, I should also mention that I have not eaten breakfast before recording this. Uh, so that oh, egg no. sandwich scene. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> well... All right. Well, hey, you're going to be feeling Harley's pain in a little bit, which is another element I just love about this movie. (laughs) And here's something, another thing that I feel like got by a studio, which is that the stakes of this movie aren't them trying to save the world. (laughs) The stakes of them are just trying to find, like, emancipation, you know? Yeah. Trying to carve out their own little freedom in this fucked up horrible world (laughs) and those are like the stakes that movies like this are so often missing this this is gonna be a weird comparison i think this might be one of the most human superhero films no absolutely since since spider-man 2 like like in the same ballpark which i do not think anyone expected going into this um but i appreciate endlessly and shout out to downtown los angeles being uh, a great backdrop to like the lower echelons of Gotham, because uh, yeah. Los Angeles. I love Los Angeles. Uh, I haven't been downtown since quarantine started, but like I loved, I love going through places like this. You can find so much great shit there. Uh, you generally meet great people there. Sometimes assholes, but whatever. And uh, uh, I don't know. I just I, gotta, I really love that. I gotta slow you down a bit because I just love the uh, the all the people that are now after Harley now that she's broken up with the Joker. This is a, just a great story element. And it's, oh, again, yeah. it's this weird thing where this movie does set up and pay off so well. And you like you don't even realize you're being set up. Oh, and this is great. The guy in the wheelchair. Oh, yeah. It's fucking terrific. <laughs> two broken legs and a gun. <laughs> yeah. and I'm going to start laughing too much because that's the shit I love in this. And I just... I just I was so caught off guard because like there's so many gags in this and like most of these movies would just have them and then drop them and it would be like a good moment in the trailer. This like everything starts building on top of each other <laughs> where it's like, oh, no, no, all the shit Harley's been doing in that opening is now about to catch up with her. <laughs> and it's going to that's what this whole movie's really going to be. And that's just great. And all right, here is the moment when I fell in love with this movie where I'm like, I'm on board for the rest of the when this guy in the wheelchair gets hit by the truck. <laughs> I knew in that moment I was going to love this movie. 
Because it doesn't get better than that, does it? The movie or, like, life? No, movies. <laughs> like, all cinema. <laughs> I don't know. Like, fuck, Bergman can suck it. That shit, <laughs> guy in a wheelchair with two broken legs getting hit by a bus is what I want to see. Because <laughs> the guy driving the bus got shot. Oh, uh, come on, man! This guy's Matthew Willig, a great character actor. Never really, oh yeah, blow blew up, but he he just pops up in like the great like action genre stuff, you know? Yeah, I'm a fan. And I give this movie a lot of credit, like all the ways they're trying to edit around uh, not having Jared Leto. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's it's so good. <laughs> Is are those clips? They did show like a brief scene of her falling into the vat. Um, I saw Suicide Squad once. Are are those clips from Suicide Squad or are those reshoots? No, those are early. Those early clips are from Suicide Squad. Yeah. Okay, so those are the only clips from Suicide Squad, I guess. Yeah, which again, I, I really just appreciate. Whatever, I, I'm not a fan, but keep it there. You know, explore the fallout from that. That's that's yeah, it's, it's really weird. interesting like they, stuff. They keep it there, but they also like are like we're not going to have that influence our movie. <laughs> like <laughs> we're going to tell a story that is self-contained, and even though this is kind of a setup for like the Birds of Prey. It's still a very self-contained story, which I also appreciate. Yeah. Uh, Kathy Yan apparently had to really fight for Rosie Perez as uh, Renee Montoya because the role was not written for a woman in her mid-50s. It was written for mm. the same age group as the rest of the cast. Yeah. Studios are a bunch of cowards. I'm glad she fought for it. Yeah, <laughs> no, good. no. Cause, yeah, because she's great. And... Uh, just women in their middle ages do not often get the chance to star in yeah. any films, which is absurd. When it's also like, oh, yeah, we're really going to get the kids into the theaters by hiring Rosie Perez. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can see from a marketing standpoint why they wouldn't want to do that. But for a, from the standpoint of the film, it's great. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's another thing where I got to talk about this. this movie for me had like everything stacked against it in terms of like what would I would go out to a movie because I'm like a huge fan of the Birds of Prey comic and this movie does not really like match the comic in any way uh, like Sandra Kane and this is nothing like her comic book counterpart and I'm not a huge Harley Quinn fan. And this movie is very much like as much as it's marketed as Birds of Prey. And I do love the very long title. Mm -hmm. It still kind of is a Harley Quinn movie. But it all works. So, like, as someone who went into this with, like, his guard completely up to every little change that they did, I ended up loving it. So, Yeah, I mean, it's also just a reminder that who gives a fuck about, like, yeah, accuracy ultimately. and stuff like that. You know, like, yeah, who, who gives a shit? Uh, which might also be a fun fact for some people out there. I was reading a lot of interviews about Kathy Yan and like her influence. She started as a journalist, uh, like like I did, and then eventually was like, I want to do movies. Like she she interviewed like directors and like a wall like a New York Times or Wall Street Journal article, and you can find it online. I'll put a link down below. Uh, and and she's interviewing directors, and she's like, Wow, like I want to do that, and now she is doing it, right? Uh, but That's there's great. like there's mentions eventually online of her influence in films and like her favorite stuff she used to watch. I think her favorite Batman film, at least the one she had mostly in rotation, was Batman Returns, 
which is very yeah. obvious when you get to the third act of this film. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, no, this is definitely... And guess what, though? Batman Returns might be my favorite of those of that era Batman movies. I think this movie's better. <laughs> wow. I love. I fucking love this movie. I can't like. I'm almost like don't know where to start with like how good I think this movie is. <laughs> so uh, like, I'm always I'm constantly tripping over myself, but I'm not shocked to hear that that might have been an influence on this movie. Yeah, I I, I welcome that actually. Uh, I I it's on par. It's it's top like tier of the superhero stuff like like hands down it's it's top tier of like the action movies of like the last two decades mm. which which I, at least in my opinion and i'm i'm very shocked well, that it doesn't here's have my that here's reception. the one thing i'll say is that um i might disagree with you a little there which might sound weird like i don't think the action in this is anything revolutionary <laughs> it's very good and I, it's this thing where I think the bar has been set so low by so many bad action movies that just seeing someone do it competently is refreshing. But I think this movie realizes something very important about the comic book movie, which I just love that this disguise does not work at all. Like, oh, yeah, no, it's like, great. <laughs> waiting for the punchline, but that's pretty funny. Um, I think this movie kind of realizes that the action in the superhero movie isn't the most important thing. Which is also something I would say about, like, Batman Returns. Mm -hmm. Which I also said has the best action of that era Batman movies. Yeah. But it's also, like, the action is, like, the last thing you'll talk about. Because it's all, like, character. It's all personality. It's all style. And themes. Like, that's all the stuff that works here. Like, stupendously. And that stuff matters so much more, in my opinion, than cool action scenes i like the action and they're it's all very like this is all very colorful this scene is like just a tons ton of fun and but it's not like the reason i love the movie you know yeah no i i would generally agree with that like something like thor i don't think has great action but i love that movie you know mm -hmm. um this one i i actually do think has great action so i guess we're, that's our disagreement for the film it's like yeah i think the action's okay or good, and then I think the action is great. That's our big disagreement this time. You know what the you know what the thing I really love about the action in this movie though? It's you can see it. I can see it and it doesn't go on for fucking twenty minutes. Yeah, if I, I remember correctly, I felt that the action at the end went on a little long, but we'll we'll see how I feel. It's sure. It, I just I literally just rewatched this before we recorded. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I watched it yesterday. <laughs> Gee, okay. Wow. So you're so, you're the biggest Birds so of Prey fan. Oh yeah. No, I think I I'm the number one Birds of Prey fan right now. <laughs> <laughs> so Captain Yon, if you're being, out there. <laughs> this movie's not being championed by uh, like all my weird friends on film Twitter. <laughs> like I even went through and everyone was kind of like yeah, this is good. Like, everyone kind of had, like, a shrug, like, yeah, this is good and fine and stuff. And I want people to stand up and recognize <laughs> that this is a great, great movie. Oh, and here, here's my girl. Uh, I think, mm -hmm. apart from Harley Quinn, Black Canary is the most fascinating character in, in the film. Like, oh, not, not just because I think she's a very attractive actress, but, like, the, the, the character dynamic I, I find uh, very fascinating. Not every character fucking delivers in this movie. Oh no, completely. Like, 
even like the I think the one thing I went in this was that I heard that Huntress wasn't in it that much, and like A, I love that character, and B, I love uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and I was like, I, like I would of anyone I really want to see her, but like the even if she doesn't have as much screen time, like all her screens are scenes are like A plus, <laughs> like all of her moments are fantastic, and I think that's true for every character in this movie, regardless of the amount of screen time they have. It's like the the exact amount that character needed. Yeah, I think we're in this weird phase of of movie making right now where a lot of fan reactions tend to guide what these studios are making right now or whatever, right? And it's all bullshit. But like mm. you have to remember what a movie needs, not what the audience needs. And this is yeah. a film which is even more amazing given the climate that never forgets that it's telling a story that isn't predicated on what like people want. It's what the story needs, and the mm-hmm. story is of course narrated by Harley Quinn. So you get like all this wacky shenanigans, but like no one overstays their welcome. No one you, you want to see more of them because you like them, not because there's not yeah. enough of them. I guess is the big thing. Exactly. Uh, an amazing uh, costuming, 100%. by the way. Uh, yes. Oh yes. Costuming in a way that doesn't feel like forced. Like I've seen a lot of super films where like they, you know, the costumes they kind of like feel like they're there because oh, that's what we need to put on the poster or something. Whereas everything here feels very organic. Um even the black mask stuff which from what you've been telling me was maybe reshoots, they 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 snuck it in very well. If if that's true. Yeah, yeah, completely. Um, and I guess, do you want to talk a little bit about Black Mask right now? Because uh, I, I think he's a very underrated comic book villain in this. Um, In in this? Yeah, in this. I, I think he's, like, great in this. No, like, no, he is so good where he's, like, very entertaining. And he's gay-coded, which, which I love. I, you know, just the bi-energy coming off this film is fucking fantastic. <laughs> and... It's like, but he's also like a real piece of shit. <laughs> and he's threatening, too. Like, so many of these movies, like, they forget to have one or the other, you know? Mm-hmm. Or you get, like, fucking Thanos where he's like, hey, I thought what I was doing was right, so oops, I committed genocide. <laughs> <laughs> also, I'm not going to learn anything. Yeah. <laughs> and my death won't be satisfying. <laughs> And it's like, this guy's the exact opposite where he's, he literally just wants to control everyone around him. Like, that's just his one thing. And it's great. They just play that out. It's not like some scheme of him. He's like, once I steal the diamond, I'll conquer the universe. <laughs> it's like, it'll be part of my laser that I'll fire into the center of the earth and make the galaxy beautiful or some bullshit. <laughs> Like, he's just like, I just want to control fucking crime in Gotham. And I don't like when I can't control things. And when I can't control things, I freak out like a child. (laughs) (laughs) Which wouldn't be, which would make me embarrassing if I didn't cut people's faces off. If I didn't have my henchmen cut people's faces off. Yeah, and and, uh, the, when I first watched it, I wasn't sure how comfortable I was with him not being in direct, like, conflict with the Birds of Prey until, like, you know, like, basically the third act. But then on the rewatch, like, it all fully sank in for me. Like, oh, like, because this is a movie that that is actually more driven by theme than I think a lot of people recognize. And, like, his whole persona is, like, the direct conflict 
with these women trying to, you know, be emancipated in Gotham City. Yeah, well, so it's like, for that's me, that all linear That's where the nonlinear stuff really works because it's just like it's this like scatterbrain of like how all the systems in Gotham are working against these women, you know, Mm -hmm. that they're all kind of trapped in their own little boxes in various ways. And it's this way of being like it kind of shows like the invisible work that women are all doing in the background, you know, Mm -hmm. like in history, especially like we kind of see that where all the men get written about and the women kind of like get forgotten. And then if you with what survives you find out that like women are always doing some sort of work that just we just don't honor and just forget about in some way and i think the non-linear stuff kind of just it's an interesting way of showing it that brings up another point that i don't know how how uh like valid this uh this rumor was but initially the talks around this film would have been that Oh, uh, it's a Harley Quinn story while Batman is missing in Gotham. And Gotham crime is running rampant, more rampant than it has in a while. And then that kind of Mm -hmm. vanished after a while. And I'm totally fine with that. But I just thought that was interesting that that was an early talking point, apparently. It's it's interesting, but it's also this thing. What I kind of like is that, I mean, you're saying I love Batman, (laughs) but Batman's a douche. (laughs) <laughs> and he's also a type of guy where, like, you know, he'll fuck up the Joker every few weeks or whatever, but he's not really solving, like, the systematic problems of Gotham. Mm-hmm. And that's where the Birds of Prey come in. And that's, like, a thing in the Batman comics where it's like, yeah, Batman is there for when you need to take down, like, Clayface or something, right? Yeah. But he has to, the Bat family is the one that's, like, actually trying to fix Gotham. <laughs> Like, he has, he has all the resources, and he has the know-how, but, like, other people implement it. Because the Birds of Prey kind of work under him a little bit in the comics. Mm-hmm. Which is not an element here, but I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, fuck accuracy. Um, also, talk about this, where this is, like, you know... This is skeevy, being yeah. Drugged by these dudes? Like, how did that make it into this movie? Yeah, I don't know. Like, um... And I'm not complaining at all. I think it works. Because, like, they, they know the line. That's another thing. that This movie walks, like, an incredible tightrope of, like, knowing just how close to get without, like, going overboard, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, which is something I I think Suicide Squad maybe didn't know. Sorry <laughs> to keep dunking on Suicide Squad. But that's a movie where, like, they kind of think they're being, like, edgy and raw and they're kind of just being gross. Yeah. And this movie knows how to be edgy without going over the edge. Like, the key word of edgy is edgy. You get up to the edge. You don't go over it. You know, to to, to bring it back to that last Boy Scout comparison, which I do think, after all this time, I think this is as good as the last Boy Scout for my personal ratings. Um, That that movie, to me, when we were talking about it, does have one line, at least, where I'm like, that was too much. Uh, This one balances it better, but it's also just like, a delight, like I don't know. I love trash sometimes, and this this is not a trash <laughs> movie. This is this is a good movie, but there's like just the right amount of like trashiness, like on the edges of that edginess. You know, yeah. like it is not afraid to get its hands dirty in like the pits of Gotham, and everyone knows this Gotham is just like a hellhole. <laughs> it's elevated trash. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Fuck elevated horror. I... <laughs> Eat your heart out. A twenty four. 
Oh my god, I I just love this movie. I'm sorry if I get like too caught up in the movie itself because I did like I, I watched it again this morning to take notes, and I maybe took notes for about half the movie, and then I just started watching the movie again. <laughs> uh, but no, this, uh, uh, Los Angeles as like. I, I really hope that in the future they just start, like, mixing different cities to be parts of Gotham. Mm-hmm. Where it's, so it's like the Birds of Prey live in, like, Los Angeles Gotham, and then Batman can be in, like, Chicago Gotham. <laughs> like, those feel like the two, like, distinct worlds. Yeah, I, I really know. like that. Because then you get this whole, like, class, like, disparity thing, which I think this film yeah. is aware of, even though it's not, like... It's not calling it out, but it's just showing us constantly, which I really appreciate, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, that's just good, like, art direction <laughs> and, like, style. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, again, it's so, like, I think an unfortunate thing that's happened in recent years is that, like, a lot of, like, girl power and feminism has been, like, co-opted by marketing. Mm-hmm. And you see the movie and, like, some, like, like, there'll be, like, a couple lines of, like, you-go-girl-type lines. And then, like, but then the characters are usually, like, reinforcing power structures that have been historically bad for women. Yeah. And maybe, like, the movie's not super interested in those things. Like, like I'm not even saying, like, overt. Like, it's a lot of times where these movies don't think about those sorts of things. Where it's, like, I don't think a lot of superhero movies realize how fascist they are. Mm-hmm. And even the ones who do don't always know what to do with that. Whereas this seems to be a movie that, like, kind of understands, in an odd way, the value of superheroes in this era. (laughs) Yeah, I I think, in a weird way, I've read some takes about BVS, not to get into a whole thing, where it's like, this is the natural succession to the Christopher Nolan Dark Knight. And I do not agree with that, as much as I like that film, or at least appreciate uh, BVS, I, I definitely don't agree with that. I think you realize that's Prey... my take. You realize that's my take on BVS that I said to you on the podcast. Was it? Oh my god. Okay. Well, yes. Well, I disagree with that. I think this <laughs> is the natural succession to to the Dark Knight Rises. In um, that, the Dark Knight Rises ends with uh, divorcing Bruce Wayne from Batman, and you know Christopher Nolan. He's he's a white rich filmmaker. He can only go so far. But I at least appreciate that film's attempt to be, like, proletariat at the end. Yeah. And this one is kind of like, okay, like, what happens next? Like, what, what well, happens I, to these people and these institutions? Yeah. And how do I, they find see, themselves? I think, I think my point with BVS was that that was the world where Batman lost, you know? Okay, like, okay. Like, the, the, the dream of leaving Batman behind failed. Because, like, the, the what, weird thing about the Nolan films is that they kind of exist in a universe where, like, everything just works out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that there are no real people that will, like, truly try to undermine what the Batman does. And you're like, well, I guess if things worked out like that, I'm okay with Batman. <laughs> but that's <laughs> not usually how the world works. Mm-hmm. And BBS is just like, hey, what happens if it went the other way? And Batman so stabs a man like... in the heart. <laughs> 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 Look, they're having dinner together. Yeah, it's nice. They they yeah. act like human beings, which I appreciate. Yeah, and even though they're the, the worst people ever. <laughs> oh yeah, no, they're they're awful. <laughs> That's another thing. Again, this yeah, this movie does have a lot of moments where it's just like, yeah, I'm just I'm just having dinner while I wait for my fucking diamond to come in. <laughs> And I need a new, I need a new driver. Like that's what that scene's kind of. It's not like a scene where it's like, 
we're on the run, everything's happening in one day. This is just a brief interlude from the nightmare of our lives. <laughs> yeah. Which so many fucking superhero movies are these days. And it, it allows, like, these really just brief human moments. Like, that's why Harley just hanging out with Cassandra is, like, the best stuff in this movie. Did I lose you, or did I... No, 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 we're good. I'm just, I'm just trying to think of what to say about this scene, because, like, uh, I, I, oh, I love, I'm in love, I love him with the, this, this version of Black Mask, I'm realizing. Like, ev- everything about his character is so, um, just, like, into the control. And, like, if, if, if you can, like, roll with him, you can see, like, oh, yeah, whatever. Like, you just kind of nod and, like, yeah, yeah, whatever you say, dude. But the second someone just, like, doesn't go with his flow... He's just like yeah. a stick of dynamite waiting to blow up in your face. And he's the perfect villain for this type of story. You know, like he just fits in perfectly with being a guy who's like, cause you know, there's so many dudes in this world where it's like, yeah, yeah, they're good when they get their way. <laughs> and the moment they're challenged in any capacity, like their real side comes out. And that's a lot of what this is. And another thing about this is it's just like how hard it is to get away from dudes like that. Like a huge part of this is Harley, you know, we all talk about Harley. Like how can she keep going back to the Joker? He's such a piece of shit. Like even she realizes that on some level. But it's like how – look how hard it is for her just to leave him. Like the world doesn't make it easy for people trapped in situations like Harley, like Cassandra – like Black Canary, like Renee. <laughs> the only one who's kind of good on her own is Huntress, but that's just because she's just murdering people. Yeah, and then the And film... as a result, she can't connect with people yeah, on she, even she, the level. She doesn't know how to talk to people, which is like a great which is... addition to like the yeah. John Wick style stereotype. Yeah. Uh, she's she's hysterical. In, in a way that's like not even, it feels like they're not even trying, like it's pointed, but it doesn't feel like try hard to be mm-hmm. funny. Where she's just, like, trying to talk to people, but she can't. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's this, this kind of trope, I guess, about, like, third world countries in action films looking, like, a little dingy and yellow all the time. And I like mm-hmm. that this film kind of, not not to the same extent, but I'm looking at, like, downtown LA in this scene. And it's kind of like, oh, it does kind of look like that. But it's not mm-hmm. like... Um, it's not an edit choice. It's just how downtown LA looks. <laughs> well, it works because how many times like do we read like, you know, we're we're inundated with such propaganda these days of like, look at this horrible shit happening in this country, and then it's like shit that's just it's happening here too. Yeah, it's just happening the like segments of the population that we historically don't give a fuck about, <laughs> and so. You know, it's like that weird thing where it's like, man, like lately it's been like, man, I can't believe China has been lying to their people so much about the coronavirus. And then like we literally have a dude going on the air every night lying. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at the time, everyone knows he's lying too. like, that's the thing. Everyone knows he's lying and no one cares. And at the time of recording, uh, he was saying that the the toll is down in America and that is just not true at all yeah and which is also this is today is the day that the new york times has put out their paper with the 100,000 people who have died 
from the coronavirus, um, which is pretty heartbreaking. That's more than the Vietnam Memorial. Wow. Which I believe has like 60,000 names on it. So things are going great. Yeah, so if you ever feel the need to, like, listen to Trump talk, like, you don't have to do that to yourself. That's, you do not. <laughs> just, there's, do there's not. no there's reason n- to ever do that again. <laughs> there's nothing to be gained. You could just watch this movie. <laughs> yeah, watch Birds of Prey. <laughs> You'll learn so much more about the state of America by watching this movie. That's actually kind of true. <laughs> hey. <laughs> now, this diamond is his things. Do you know about the initial <laughs> rumor about the diamond? What? Okay, so way back before this came out, like almost a year before release, like when they were just wrapping filming on this, uh, the big point of like contention online was this rumor perpetuated by Grace Randolph, everyone's favorite YouTuber. Oh, yeah. Everyone loves Grace. Uh, uh, anyways, um, that in the, the diamond that Black Mask was trying to gain – um, there was, like, some code in there that was, like, digitized information that contained Black Mask's dick pics. And the final reveal and the punchline in the original version of the film would have been that revelation, that it was Roman Sionis's dick pics. Now, no one has come out to declare whether or not that is true or false. Uh, it's garbage that it was even, like, a point of discussion before this movie came out. But I actually think that would have been kind of also funny and would have been, like, another point of, like, why Black Mask is so great in this. Because it's literally his thing that he's trying to get back, you know? But, he's trying uh, to get his whatever. dick back. Yeah, he's trying to get his dick back. Um, I don't, again, I don't Harley, know how true Har- that is, but I think that's interesting. Harley voted for Bernie. Yeah. <laughs> Let's throw that out there. Chaotic good. Um, is, she, is she the dirtbag left? I think at the end of this film, yes. I think she's a, I think she's dirtbag left at the start, and at the end she's a little more open to, like, actually organizing. Because <laughs> that's the failure of the dirtbag left right now, is that they, they talk a lot of shit, but then they don't actually organize. <laughs> and, 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 but Harley inadvertently helps organize the Birds of Prey, but then she's like, ah, fuck it. <laughs> that's not really her, her vibe. You know what? And yeah. that's an interesting point. Counterpoint to Batman, not to make this a Batman thing either, because this is a great film apart from his entire world, but they occupy the same space, and, you know, Harley Quinn is is definitely working class in this, and so manages to do, uh, I, I would argue, more permanent good for Gotham than um, just yeah. putting someone in prison. Yeah. And Even. she does it through the act of murder. Yeah. <laughs> I love how much murder is in this movie. Oh, no. It is delightful. There is one kill that I was, like, audibly cheering and clapping for in the theater. Which oh, I- no. I think, we're, I think we might be talking about the same kill. Yeah. Yeah, is probably. It, it the end. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Um, which, like, I would, you know, like, I actually talk about where he gets blown in half by a grenade. <laughs> Because like I hope you're, this isn't I doubt this is anyone's first time with this movie. If it is, you're a fucking moron. But <laughs> that's what he says right before he blows up. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was uh, that was so amazing because he as it, it that I'm going to talk about it early, which probably is unfair. 
But they set it up where it's like, oh, she pulled the thing. So you think he's going to fall off, land in the water, and then blow up. And we're just going to see, like, the water explode. But no, he blows in half <laughs> before hitting the water. Like, that's that's incredible. Um, I would like I would sell the movie on that, but it kind of, like, gives away what happens. Yeah. Um, okay, I... When I first saw this, I could feel the audience kind of tap out of this scene. And I uh, think... fuck them. <laughs> no, I, I, I think I get why. One, because it's so bizarre for a mainstream film. But also, the film isn't, like, explicitly explaining what's happening. And to me, it was, like, so obvious. Like, oh, she's going to a happy place to, like, withstand yeah. the men. Yeah, we... We live in a we live in an age where people can't handle movies that aren't being spoon fed to them. Yeah, and I, I don't blame I, people. I just blame like what's selling right now. I so. blame society. <laughs> I, I blame. I also blame society. But yeah, so you I know can... we're living in a society. <laughs> uh, now this scene's great. I don't know. I can't imagine. Like that's where I just feel like I'm like alone these days because like I can't imagine watching this and not being like this is the best. Oh look, there's the black mask, and yeah, this is the best. And also, basically, to make to sum it up for people that might be like confused about this, and to hop off your Seinfeld reference, this is her serenity now. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. That's exactly what that is. <laughs> um, I like the. This is what I got from this. This is also the implication that. She's kind of had to go to that place before uh, yeah. with the Joker, which is, again, not something explicitly stated, but I don't know. That's uh, That makes it much more sad to me. We also, just... I mean, the, the cartoon introduction is kind of like her sanitizing her own life. Yeah, yeah. Even, even while she's telling us horrible things that happened to her. <laughs> oh, we also didn't talk about it in the opening, but... Um... Uh, is showing like all her past heartbreaks apart from the Joker too, and one of them is a woman. So Harley Quinn is a bisexual icon now, which I like. Yeah, I'm glad. Like, I'm always a little annoyed with that. that was like a moment where I was like, eh, because like a lot of times these movies do that as just like a sort of lip service. Um, but then they did not eliminate the fact that Renee Montoya is gay. Yeah, yeah, which <laughs> I completely, completely missed the first time I saw it. Oh, really? Yeah, I had someone point um, it out to me, and I was like, "Whoa, really?" And then I saw it again. And yeah, I was it's like, still oh, not. It's still not great where, like, we can't just have, like, an explicit gay relationship in these movies because it is her ex, so, like, they're kind of contentious the whole time. Mm -hmm. But it's better than um, a lot, I'll just say, a lot of recent films yeah. that have done this. This action scene is pretty great. Yeah, I, honestly, everything in the police uh, sequence, I I think, is just, like, the best. It, it, is, it is a delight. And it's, you know, it's all cops are bastards of action sequences. It's it's chaotic yeah. good is what it is. For the wrong reason for her, you know, but, like, I don't know. I, I, I like – and when she's just freaking out at the console, like, mm -hmm. it's very cartoony, but, like, it just totally hits the right note for this film. Margot Robbie's just go hard or go home, man. Like, she's fucking committed to this shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she's so good. Yeah, she's, she's... Again, it's, it's like, this is a character where if you're, like, just slightly off, it doesn't work. And if you're slightly off, then you're stuck with this character for the whole movie. Like, it would kill the entire film. Yeah. She deserves so much credit for just, like, nailing it. Honestly, you know what? Margot Robbie, Best Actress, 2020. Hey, yeah, fucking the Joker can get an Oscar. 
multiple Oscars now the Joker has received. Like, why not, you fucking cowards? But they won't because this movie came out and kind of like, just no one cared. Which I just don't get. I don't either, but... I mean, this another movie this reminds me of is fucking uh, Punisher Warzone. Oh, God, yeah. And another comic book superhero film made by a woman filmmaker that, like, went under the radar and was better than, like, every other superhero film of its era. (laughs) And I hope that this gets, like, that kind of resurgence. Where, like, ten years from now, we're all talking about how, no, this movie's actually brilliant. And, like, I'm sure there are people talking about it now, but we just haven't, like, like the birds of prey. (laughs) We just haven't found each other yet. Yeah, I think it's building, and you know what, this this really does remind me of, like, those old, like, 90s solid action movies that were moderately well-received in their time, uh, like mm-hmm. The Last Boy Scout, but then later build, like, this classic cult reputation, you know, like, Last Boy Scout yeah. received, like, mostly mixed reviews, but Roger Ebert was like, yeah, this is, like, a solid movie, and then it's just never brought up in, like, the decade's best, unless you're, like, a diehard action fan, right? Well, the yeah, I think the problem with, like, Last Boy Scout, like, we forget in that era, it's like every other weekend there's a movie that markets itself like The Last Boy Scout. Mm-hmm. So, it, like, it feels like it's just more of the same bullshit, whereas this is another movie where it's like every other weekend we get a superhero movie. So when you see commercials for it, you're like, I've seen all this shit before. But then when you actually watch it, it's, like, so much better. And I, I think that makes it difficult for people to recognize at times. Because that's why Last Boy Scout lasted, whereas... So many other action movies from that era, like fucking Money Train or something, like no one cares about. Or Happy Amblin' favorite, Bulletproof. Yeah, Bulletproof is probably another example. But I also think this will age better than the majority of, like, the Marvel films. Oh, no, completely. I think we're already feeling that some of the Marvel films, like, are just, like, movies that I will never watch again. And this movie, I've already rewatched it like five times. This is like my fifth watch. I think this is only number three for me. Mm. I, I think I only what? saw it twice in theaters, and then I had not revisited it before this. That was the real test. I did not get to see it twice in theaters because I think I saw this, and then I saw Invisible Man, and then all theaters were closed. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the real test for this movie for me was going to be when uh, I watched it when we when I did a rewatch because I you know all these superhero films even when I complain about them is that supposed to be cocaine yeah that's cocaine so that's why that's in, she... that's another insane thing that the 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 heroine of this film is gonna do cocaine yeah and then beat the <laughs> shit out of people oh no no when I saw that in the trailer I was like is that what I think it is no way and then this scene happened and I was just like I was cackling it's just it's so awesome. <laughs> Yeah. Like, obviously, drugs are bad in real life, but, like, in a movie like this, I kind of want it to be, like, as nasty as possible, considering the the world that surrounds them. So, I was, like, losing my mind. Yeah. No, it's great. And it's, it's another thing of, like, this movie's very, like, nasty and gross and violent, and there's so many movies that do this. And I'm not sure exactly where. Maybe it's because the violence is more real in this movie, like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, the legs just... Like, those are never going to work again. 
But I think of something like Deadpool, which is like hyper violent and full of disgusting stuff, and that movie like it feels like a joke, you know? It's it's very tame hyper violence though, you know? Which yeah. is odd because that Deadpool two was directed by the crew that I'm praising for the action in this. Yeah, that's nuts. At least half of that crew. Uh, yeah, which is very nuts, considering that this is a significantly better film than Deadpool. Just lit that man's face on fire. (laughs) Yeah, I I love that. And it's just like, it's all these wacky little, like, small moments in the action, too, that really give it, like, this flavor that's not there. Like, in, in, in not just superhero stuff, but, like, a lot of action movies nowadays, which is why I think I, I call the action in this film, like, really great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, she just shoots that guy. Yeah, like, no, there's, there's no there's no niceties about this. It's just like... <laughs> she aimed a gun at the back of another human being's head, pulled the trigger. He doesn't even know he died. <laughs> and she's the hero. And it's so cold. That was a cold kill, man. Yeah, oh, no, this movie—it's just—it works, you know. Mm-hmm. Not to be like all Todd Howard, but it—it it just works. <laughs> oh, we're we're going there. We're not. Oh no, <laughs> I don't have nice things to say about that. Let's just move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's why I always feel bad whenever I say something because, like, I, I, you know, I like movies, but I'm not always the best at critiquing them. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes I just watch a movie and, like, I just, I can feel that it works, but I'm, I'm not great at pointing out why. Oh, she's about to blow up this woman. Oh, yeah. Um, again, it's just, it's, like, I, I don't, it's, I think of, I think of uh, Captain America, The Winter Soldier, which is a movie I like, mm-hmm. uh, but if you watch that movie, anytime anyone's killed in that movie... It's, like, on an edit, or it's, like, in the background, so you don't really see it. So none of the kills feel real. And that's a movie that's trying to be about drone warfare. (laughs) And it, like, pulls its punches on the kills. So I guess it's just refreshing to see murder again. (laughs) For the right reasons, question mark? Yeah, murder. Sometimes murder's okay. Not what I'm saying. I know, I know. Oh, my God. Uh, I also love that she's driving a van with two uh, beds, like, oh, yes. ropes to the top of it. Like, where did she get that? <laughs> but I mean, this Why, in a like, positive takes, way. Yeah, she takes that vehicle of everything. Mm-hmm. I mean. <laughs> uh, why do you think you weren't so uh, hot on the Harley Quinn character before this? Uh- um, I think it's just that thing of, like, it depends on who's writing the character, like, defines that character. And I feel like, it, as I kind of divorced myself from comic books, like, a little while ago, so I haven't read anything recent, but, like, the last time I was reading comics, her character kind of felt like a mess, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, no one was really getting her. She, I think she was back with the Joker, like, again, which is just, ex- it's just exhausting. Even though, like, I understand it, like, as a character... But it was like, oh, come on, dude. We've been here. Like, give her some... Like, she was growing. And then she just goes back. And then, you know, not to dunk on Hot, hot Topic, because I feel like Hot Topic's like a scapegoat for a lot of things. Yeah. Like, when you complain about Hot, hot Topic, it's usually, like, code for complaining about young women. Mm. Which is never really fair. 
But she kind of, like, got turned into, like, a Hot Topic-type character where, like, everyone's wearing her t-shirt, but then, like, she kind of loses, like, whatever made her Harley Quinn, you know? Yeah. And also, you know, Margot Robbie, she was great in Suicide Squad, but she's not written well in Suicide Squad. <laughs> and... It's it's a thing of like I I want I seeing this like ad for this movie I had that Harley Quinn in my mind so I'm like there's no way this movie works and as much as this movie doesn't ignore those events this feels like a completely different character I you know what credit to Margot Robbie I don't feel a disconnect from that but not in like a bad way you know what I mean like what I was talking about earlier where it does feel like growth from a point that yeah. I, I could live with forgetting but it's still in the back of my mind also well, feels, I have to do this oh. parallel between this scene and Manhunter because those are the only two movies I <laughs> oh, can remember yes. with characters in a, in a like a mini mart <laughs> oh yeah that's that's 100% correct yeah <laughs> like I want to like she casu- again I, I love that she casually throws out that she saved the world in Suicide Squad <laughs> which is like again like think about that she saved the world in suicide squad but this story is much more important yeah <laughs> well it helps that this one's about to... character yeah this one's about actual human beings hmm. doesn't she have a suicide squad tattoo margot robbie yeah everyone in suicide squad got a squad tattoo yeah, I think they tattooed each other. Yeah, which you know that's nice that they all got along. I, I'm not gonna take anything away yeah. from that. No, no, I that's that's great. I yeah. I wish that movie was better. Yeah, I mean that that to not to, to rag on that, but that thing had everything going for it initially. Like that one could have been great. I like this guy. I like Doc a lot. Oh yeah, he's really. I love nice. this guy, and I love that he betrays her. Yeah, no, no. I mean, it, it's great. It, it's. It's a little like mean, but like in totally the right way, you know. Like it's it's kind of reinforcing the message that unfortunately these women are really have to be out for themselves. You know, yeah, no one's like going to take care of them. He feels like the not all men character of the film, <laughs> where it's like, oh, he's the good one, you know. It's almost like this, how there's always got to be a white savior in like movies about race, where there's like finally the one white guy who's like, hey, racism is wrong. <laughs> And suddenly it's like, hey, there's someone that I feel like I can identify with. And it's like, he's a good guy. He loves Harley. But it's like, at some point he's like, look, I can't protect you anymore. (laughs) And I have to look out for myself at some point. And I'm gonna. And that's just, I think, you know, I think that's true about a lot of people in this world sometimes. As much as we all try to pretend we're the good ones. (laughs) Sometimes, you know, push comes to shove on certain things. We might not be as bad as Black Mask, but we are contributing to a society that keeps people like Black Mask in power. So what you're saying is that the reason people don't like this movie is because they don't understand the world. Maybe. Because <laughs> that's what I'll say. I won't I won't share that on Twitter, but if you're listening well, to this commentary... That, that makes sense, in a way. I mean... Uh... I don't know, I feel like there was this weird moment where um, someone on, uh, I can't remember, I'm sorry, I can't remember who, but someone was talking about uh, Sorry to Bother You recently on Twitter, 
mm-hmm. and how like that movie like kind of like this brief moment. And there was kind of this moment when that movie came out where it felt like we were winning, you know, that like in spite of everything we were winning, and then after that shit turned again. Yeah, and now Joe Biden is the Democrat nominee, and I feel like there's like this weird defeat in the world right now. <laughs> And I think this movie kind of taps into some of those feelings in a way without offering like clean solutions. Yeah, I mean uh, that there's an air of people just being tired and just like, let's just try to go back to the way things were. And you, you really can't just do that. And mm. this might be a little too real of a comparison, but like we just can't go back to the days of Obama and our blissful ignorance of real-world problems for our yeah. age group. Harley Quinn can't really go back to the Joker because that's, one, also uh, blissful ignorance for her and just, frankly, unhealthy. I don't know. Maybe I'm yeah, pulling way too far there. No, no, that, that, I, that, I think that fits perfectly. Huntress. Um, this is when we finally get her backstory, I think, right? Yes, and let me just say, I am not comparing Obama to the Joker. <laughs> I feel like I shouldn't make okay, that Okay, yeah, maybe the metaphor falls apart a little bit there. <laughs> I'm just saying, the, the situation of a familiar comfort is not always remember, long-term comfort. Do you remember in the 2012 election when everyone was comparing Joe Biden to the Joker positively? Oh, no, I have no... What the fuck? That happened? Because when he debated Paul Ryan in 2012, he laughed at everything Paul Ryan said. And everyone was like, hey, he's like the Joker. I miss that entirely. That was a moment. Hey, remember Paul Ryan? Remember he was the future of the Republican Party? (sighs) Well... Here's this, is what happened. this is what the Republican Party did to Paul Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one's not going public. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, fuck that. <laughs> Don't be a coward, you dipshit. This and the Rise of Skywalker one will just be behind the paywall. <laughs> all right, all right, fine. It's a metaphor. I'm not in, I'm not ag- advocating real violence. <laughs> no, no, I know, I know. I'm just saying. Uh, we're laughing horribly as a family gets murdered, so I apologize for that. And this one guy, Eric, there's the one guy who did the right thing. And even then, he did, he did like, contribute to murdering a family, so, yeah. you know, it's not, like, it's not clean cut. Nothing in this movie's clean cut, and in a way that feels more honest, <laughs> which is, like, kind you of think fucked you're, up, but I like you it. You think if you're a criminal... Um, oh, I love this drawing. Um, <laughs> you, you think if you're a criminal and you show up to a rival criminal's house with your gang with a bunch of guns and you're like just a henchman, do you think maybe there's a chance you're like, oh, I didn't realize we were coming here to murder everyone? <laughs> <laughs> I, I just thought we were coming to like yell at them. We're just giving them a warning. Here's another thing this movie does better. Than a lot of recent films where everyone's calling the crossbow killer the crossbow guy. But then it's like, oh no, they don't even think, they don't even have the capacity to realize it's a woman. Which is us- which is another trope I usually hate mm-hmm. in movies. But this is one where it's like, 
I don't know, they make it more... Because, like, we see that Huntress is the one doing it. So whenever they say crossbow guy, like, we know they're wrong. Mm-hmm. I think of, like, Solo, where... Who's that girl at the end of Solo? Enfys uh, Nest. Yeah, where it's like, it's like, it's supposed to be a big deal that, oh, it's a woman that's been doing all this. Like, women can't do that. (laughs) And this movie doesn't do that. It's like, it's more just that you wouldn't think a woman was doing that. I like Solo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Listen. How can you like it after seeing that a movie like this can exist? <laughs> oh no, this is much better than Solo, but I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, so what's this? What's this girl's name? Victoria. The the actress. Erica. Erica. Oh, okay. No, the character. Because um, this is like her one scene, and she's like really good in it. Oh, she I believe was in Iron Man three for like a scene or something like that. But she is also in uh, Waffle Press favorite Beyond Skyline. Shout out to uh, filmmaker pal uh, Liam O'Donnell. Uh, she's really good in that, and uh, it's, a, it's a fun little genre film. It's on Netflix right now, so you can all check it out. Um, what the scene? She's really good. Reminds- you know what this scene kind of reminds me of? This is going to be a weird comparison. Mm. Um, you remember in Heat, uh, when Wayne Grow um, is with that young girl, and then like right before he murders her, and he's like, "You don't know what this is, do you?" Remember, she's like, she thinks he's like being like playful. Like that seems like fucking terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> that's what the scene reminds me of. Uh, I think it taps like, into something similar. Joke. She thinks it's a joke until he's like ripped the dress off. Yeah. Which is which is disgusting and horrible. Yeah, and and again, it doesn't go too far, but it needs to, or it, the film at least, the story needs to show like how vile he is. But it, the framing yeah. of the characters is also very good. And shout out to uh, uh, director of photography Matthew Libatique, who of course is a man, but was apparently very uh, like hands on with Kathy. You have to be if you're a DP, obviously. But like, um, she really helped guide the look of this film. Uh, although a lot of his stuff, if you look up like his filmography is very like colorful and the very rich. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'd recommend like anything he shot, honestly, even his collaborations with like lesser filmmakers. Like I think he shot venom right before this. And even that film doesn't look like garbage. <laughs> I think uh, one thing that really helps the scene work is that we kind of never don't see the, pain and terror on erica's face and there's never like a full body exploitation shot of her with the dress off you know yeah like it that seems less about the dress being off and more about it coming off you know how she's being like yanked around Mm -hmm. it's so brutal again it's a moment where it's like how the fuck is this in a studio movie today (laughs) okay here it reminded you of heat it just reminded me of in the cut Oh, yeah. Uh, which is a great film, which also like this in Punisher Warzone, which uh, In the Cut is not an action film, so don't go in knowing that. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a noir, <laughs> and it's, uh, it's very, very nihilistic. Oh, yes. That's one of the meanest films I've ever seen. To the point where, like, I pr- like, I probably won't revisit it anytime soon. It's a really good movie, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I really love that film, but it's it's not, like, a comforting watch by any means. Yeah. Unlike Birds of Prey, which I will probably toss on whenever I want something that puts me in a happy place. Even though it yeah. is also vile and <laughs> violent and angry. 
but in a fun way. Kind of like it, it like I don't want to make like two over comparisons, but it like I ride it like riding the wave of this movie is very similar to like RoboCop for me, where RoboCop is like got tons of weird action and violence that is like very funny, but also scenes that are just horrific <laughs> and hard to watch. Like Murphy getting shot in RoboCop is like awful. But the guy getting toxic waste dumped on him is hysterical. Oh my god, yeah. That <laughs> when he gets hit by the car and that is great. Um yeah. this might be a take. I love Robocop. I am not a diehard Robocop fan. I even prefer Birds of Prey to Robocop. I, I You could have let me die without ever knowing that about you. Yeah. Um Yeah, that's I don't need to know that. I think this is better. All right, here's my one complaint about this movie is that um, I think like Bruce getting blown up, Bruce the hyena, mm. I should say, um, doesn't really pay off in any way. <laughs> like he just kind of comes back at the end and it's like, oh, hey, Bruce, he, he didn't die. Like that's my only real complaint. <laughs> yeah, that would have been nice if it was, there was more of a payoff. They're like in the third so act or something. Movie, yeah, I think like a lo- one thing a lot of comic book superhero movies mistakes they make today is that they're full of stuff that are just fan service mm-hmm. and they know that if they give fans like X amount of moments that fans will be okay whereas this movie nothing that's in it like everything that's in this builds to something mm-hmm. and means something except Bruce the Hyena really like the only thing he really does is like illustrate that she's at her lowest point by dying but he didn't really die <laughs> and it's confusing it's one of those things where because he didn't really die they it's kind of like the chewbacca death oh where, no i mean not not as bad but like where they have to film it in a way because because he doesn't really die so it's just awkward and so that that's like the only moment of this where it's like eh but other than that i'm fine <laughs> so that's like that's real nitpick complaint bullshit I do like the – I guess we, we didn't really talk about it when he, like, first popped up on screen. But, like, I, I do like that from the get-go she is trying to uh, fully carve out her own identity, like, in an ad- admittedly kind of, like, healthier way by caring about yeah, something she, else, you know. It's just – Yeah, she feeds a guy to the hyena. <laughs> you know, in her own way. She's trying yeah. to move on uh, more positively. But it, it does um, go to show that, like, she just doesn't know – how to live a better life. <laughs> like, she doesn't have the equipment yeah. to pursue something like that. Like, feeding a man to her PhD, hyena. motherfucker. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like, no, she, I like that, too. Like, she's a smart person, but she's also, like, just made such terrible decisions in life. Like, a human being. You can be a good person or a bad person and make the opposite decisions that will benefit you. She has a PhD in psychology, right? I think so. I, I don't. I don't think they declare it in in like the film. But yeah, yeah, I, that's how she ends up at Arkham, and then you know, doesn't go so well for her. See, this is everyone's lowest point, which is a very like standard like film thing. Yeah, but like but it's, again, it's-, it's so earned in all its respects. <laughs> But it feels like, oh my god, like, wow, I forgot that movies could make me feel things like this sometimes. Notice all the women, which the, the paintings of women 
with cords around their necks on his wall. Oh, yeah, amazing production design on this. Oh, yeah. This movie's just, like, A-plus everywhere. <laughs> like, I don't know, it's just, again, it's like, this is what you do if you have a $100 million budget. <laughs> you don't spend the whole fucking movie punching things that aren't there. <laughs> Or trying to hide what the film's about so the actors don't know how to perform their best. Oh, yeah, that's always fun. Yeah. Oh, I love that shot right I, there. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That actually, that kind of reminds me of Heat a little bit. Yeah. Well, Not as crisp, but, like, there's a lot of subway action in Heat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which this, this film doesn't tap into, but I just want to shout out Heat because it's like... It's a film that ends. It understands that Los Angeles is isn't like um, an end point for a lot of people. Some people come and go, so like it begins at the subway and then it, it ends at the airport. Mm-hmm. And Birds of Prey just kind of like everyone. They're, they're not going anywhere. Like this is their world, and they just have to survive it. You know. So in a way, Los it kind Angeles, of understands Los Angeles better than a lot of other films. <laughs> well, I this is weird. I normally only ever bring up Heat when talking about other movies to be like, here's why this movie sucks. And then I compare it to, like, how great Heat is. This is one of the few times I've been like, no, this is like Heat in a good way. <laughs> and it, what it understands is in in Heat, like, Los Angeles is almost like a character in it. Not to be all, like, New York is the fifth character of Sex in the City or whatever. <laughs> but, like, Los Angeles, like, has a personality. This is, like, one of the few times, again, where I think you get the Batman Returns influence, where Gotham feels like a character. You know? Yeah, which we've talked a lot about, like how... Which is something that I... not Again, not to dunk on other movies, but I think that's something that BVS utterly fails at. Yeah. I don't think there's any personality to any of the locations in those movies. Uh, at least not in terms of the city. I can go to Bat for, like, the Batcave and stuff like that in those. But, like, the, yeah, but the dichotomy the between Bat-ca- Metropolis and Gotham is, is not as present as it should be for a movie called Batman v Superman, you know. Yeah, but like like Joel Schumacher got the Batcave right. Like you have to try to fuck up the Batcave. <laughs> yeah. Joel Schumacher's right. Gotham is like honestly kind of one of my ideal Gothams along with Birds of Prey and Batman Returns. It, it's fine. I think it's one of those things where it's like mix all the elements. Yeah. And, like mix them together and you'd have my perfect Gotham. Yeah, and you know what? I guess here's here's where I think Birds of Prey succeeds. It, it kind of blends like the, um, the the really outlandish Batman Returns and Batman Forever elements into like something kind of gothic, but also like very pop art friendly. Like because yeah. this rundown amusement park is really bleak, but also here's all these flashing lights and like really colorful set design, but also it's something that's like dead and decaying. Yeah, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> This is what is this the first? This might be crazy. Is this the first theatrically released Batman film where one of the Joker's hideouts is actually an amusement park? Uh, 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 that, oh my god, that's like such a Joker thing, and like they've never done it in the movies. I wow, I don't. Wow, I think you're right. This what is the like fuck? the third best Joker movie, and the Joker's not even in it. <laughs> <laughs> um. Wow. Yeah, because this, this is this like a theme park similar to the one in Mask of the Phantasm, but that's like 
crazy. I don't I've never yeah. thought about that. But yeah. Like I'm in shock with at that revelation right now. I'm just saying like this movie it's one of those things where like this it just gets it more than the other movies do. Like I don't know. That sounds maybe wrong, but because <laughs> it's it that that always starts turning into like nerd debates about how to do a character right or wrong. But I just think this like it gets it on some level. It, like they break it down and rebuild it in a way where it all still fits. Whereas so many of these other movies, you feel like they're trying to impose other things mm-hmm. onto something, and most of the time, it, those are corporate mandates of like setting up other movies. Yeah. But, I don't know. And you know what? Like, even if you don't like this movie, I think one thing can be, like, just certain across the board. Is that this movie succeeds or fails completely on its own merits for you. Yes. Which is just a nice change of pace for these kind of superhero films. I'm shocked we still have, like, 30 minutes left of this movie. Yeah, no, I do Uh, too. And, like, I think a, a big issue some people took with it was that the birds of prey really only kind of culminate in the last half hour of the film yeah uh, which i i don't mind honestly i don't, I don't know. mind i will say though if like just i i know that like it's turned into a thing because they sometimes you look this movie up and it's just called harley quinn now because the marketing like failed this movie entirely mm-hmm. and i do think maybe it would have been better to call this movie harley quinn as like a setup for Birds of Prey, but that's like a real nitpick. Like I, I don't like. I'm not. It's not like a hill I'm gonna die on. Yeah, no, like probably but like I, Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. Like, yeah, that probably yeah. would have done better. But like, also, unfortunately, who who gives a fuck? Like, yeah, like it doesn't. It it's not like doesn't totally matter. It just kind of is that as a movie. Mm-hmm. But um, no, it's it's fine. Everything's everything's fine. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with this movie. Uh, and I, I just, I fucking love Zaz so much. He's so nasty in this. Because usually I kind of roll my eyes when everyone's like, oh, he's a serial killer. He scars his body. I'm like, who? It's so, like, juvenile. And yeah. here he's just, like, the right amount of awful. Yeah, he's just a piece of shit. Yeah. And he dies horribly. But he, it's... but he cares a lot about making his buddy happy. Yeah, you know. I love, I love the yeah. little <laughs> just stabbing <laughs> That's very... <laughs> that, to me, is Harley Quinn as a character, because that's, like, totally unnecessary, but she keeps doing it. <laughs> and she's like, I can contribute, too. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is when they finally all come together, I guess. Yeah, it's culmination. Um, yeah, I don't know, it... it it doesn't feel rushed in any way. It's just like I've seen so many movies try similar things and fail utterly, and this movie doesn't. I can't even really pinpoint why. I... Maybe it's just it is just maybe it is like that very simple thing of like oh this is what happens when you have actually motivated characters. I mean, with yeah, real personality, basically, and, you know, arcs that work and set up and pay off. Like, it's not just a series of things happening to people. It's like they make decisions that lead places. Mm-hmm. And it's so weird. It's just like, I, that might be an incredibly low bar, but like so many movies are failing to meet it these days. 
Uh, it's, it's not sanitized, which again, not to get into a whole like PC culture thing or anything like that. That's yeah. not what we're saying. Um, we're, we're, we're not complaining about PC culture. We're complaining about corporate culture. There you go. Because a lot of the sanitation that's done to movies these days isn't done entirely at the behest of corporations that want to sell these movies to as many people as possible. You know what else makes this like build up work, I think, in regard to the character stuff? It reminds me a lot of, to go to another Shane Black comparison, Lethal Weapon. I think when you watch that original Lethal Weapon, you forget that the first hour of that is just these dudes kind of getting to know each other. And then yeah. the last act of that movie is like, oh, the plot kicks in, and now we're going to see how their relationships are changed because of it and how far they've come. But, like, really, Lethal Weapon's not a hardcore action movie. Lethal Weapon yeah. 2 is way more of an action movie. And I love Lethal Weapon 2, but uh, the character stuff in Lethal Weapon or The Last Boy Scout or Birds of Prey is really why I'll keep coming back to these. Like, I would love to see Birds of Prey continue. And I, I know that's kind of, like, a, not a confirmed thing at this point, unfortunately. But like you yeah, can kind of dream. you can kind of put these characters anywhere now, and you can understand where they'll go. Like if the next one could be like a heist movie or something like that, you know, you could just put them in any situation because the characters have been so well defined now. Just bring Kathy Ann back. Give her everything. She's working on on a couple things. Like even after then, uh, Dead Pigs at Sundance, she was mentioning that she was getting like a lot of like uh, meetings. Thankfully, because I think people forgot Dead Pigs was like a huge Sundance hit, but just no one bought it to distribute it. <laughs> but everyone liked Hollywood. it. Hollywood, God yeah. damn it! Uh, but I guess she's working with something uh, in in regards to like an A twenty four production. She's doing some other things. She she wants to like make films in different genres a lot. But she's, she mentioned she's always interested in, like, stories about people and our current place in, like, history. And if she does, like, period pieces, she wants them to be reflective of, like, what we're going through now. And she's very well-spoken. She's she's – check out any interview with her and you're just like, how the fuck is this person not, like, in discussion yeah, for not everything? not given the keys to the kingdom yet? Yeah. Like, give her give her everything. Yeah, and she's only, like, 33 and that's that makes me a little angry. <laughs> now, now, like I have like an age that like I have to accomplish something by. <laughs> Honestly, I was uh, I was doing a lot of research on her before this too, and I was like, "Fuck!" Like we are not in our thirties yet, but oh my god, I'm feeling it. <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling, feeling it. Creep. I can't drink like in high school anymore. So yeah. It's, it's Luckily, my time. body has always been a disaster. So even though it's starting to break down more, it's like, hey, it's, it's just kind of on par. Quick <laughs> <laughs> um, shout out to uh, Christina Hodgson. Is that her name? Oh, yeah, the screenwriter. Yeah, who also wrote Bumblebee, which is a movie I really like. Yeah, Bumblebee's which good. also had all the cards stacked against it because I fucking hate those Transformers movies. <laughs> And Bumblebee is, like, really, really good. Like, not, like, a masterpiece, but it's pretty solid. Yeah, yeah, that's it's, it's a good movie. Uh, also, similar that's situation. Another movie, it's another movie where, like, the core of it really works, of, like, the characters. And that, like, overrides anything else around it. 
See, this again, this moment reminds me a lot of Punisher Warzone. Oh, fuck yeah. Where uh, Jigsaw's, like, rounding up all the gangs to go after the Punisher. (laughs) (laughs) Although I believe in that, he's, like, literally marching around like a Nazi. (laughs) Yeah, and standing in front of, like, uh, a symbol of the American flag and stuff like that. And it's... The only... The only thing that I think maybe puts that edges out uh, Punisher Warzone is Punisher Warzone has Looney Bin Jim. Oh, shit. Which is one of the greatest characters ever put on film. <laughs> um, I don't know. Black Mask, I... I, I love Black Mask. Love. I, I love Victor Zaz in this. I just, like, Looney Bin Jim. Like, that's another one of those movies where when Looney Bin Jim, like, is like, I'm gonna break every mirror... <laughs> So my brother doesn't have to see his horribly disfigured face. I'm like, all right, this movie's a masterpiece. <laughs> um, oh, and uh, to mention Christina Hodgson some more, she is currently writing Batgirl and The Flash for Andy yeah, Muschietti. Yeah, I heard, I, I heard she was doing the Batgirl one, and then didn't like that get kind of put like on the back burner when Joss Whedon was going to do it for five minutes? Uh, no, she's following up Joss Whedon. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought it was, like, this weird thing of, like, she was brought on to do Batgirl, and then they had her do Birds of Prey, and then they're like, hey, we've lost everyone in the Flash again. Can you write the Flash? <laughs> sure that has nothing to do with maybe who's playing the Flash. Hmm. Hmm. Well, no, that's a new problem that they have to figure out. But enough about that. Let's talk about this incredible action scene down a slide. Stabbing a man to death on a slide. <laughs> it's it's the perfect encapsulation of like, what's the bird of prey like? Just show that scene. And it's like, oh, okay, I'm in. This reminds me a lot of uh the opening of Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Oh this is wow. like a weird comparison. Uh-huh. Where Go uh ahead. but instead of instead of baby Groot, they're 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 like kinda have like they each get like a little moment with uh Cassandra Kane. <laughs> <laughs> oh I guess yeah. Huh, how about that? It's a good way of being like, hey, they've become a family without them looking at the camera and being like, We're a family now. You know some people are still like, What's the point of that scene? And I'm like, Oh, so we just have Film illiteracy is what we're... Which one? The uh, the Guardians Guardians, scene? yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. But, uh, no, th- this People is, can't. like, the perfect distillation of, like, the entire film's vibe. It's, like, colorful and, like, candy-coated, but it's also, like, horrifically violent. There's, like, cursing. There's blood everywhere. <laughs> There's roller skates later. Uh, and just a bunch of weird, like... Gang members and different, like, get-ups and, yeah. and face masks and stuff like that. Uh, I want to shout out the Black Mask mask because I actually like it a lot in this. And, like, usually, yeah, you know, it's just, just kind solid. of like uh, like superheroes and supervillains need, like, their costumes. But, like, I think a good adaptation or, like, story with these characters will attempt to, like, draw something from them. And Black Mask in this, he's kind of, like, everything he's doing is a facade. He's just an angry, like man who wants to control everything and like when he's out in the streets of gotham is when he like dons like a literal mask you know like inside his own club he's at home so he can like tell people to do whatever they want so i don't know i i just think that's like very inventive whether or not it was a reshoot yeah i will say all right here's two more very minor nitpicks 
Uh, they do a very good job, but I wish there was just a little more personality to these different gangs they fight. Mm-hmm. Um, they do they do an all right job, but it's kind of like they they kind of just show up and they're but that's fine. Like that doesn't totally matter. And I wish there was maybe one moment where we could see a uh, black mask reacting to the fact that Zaz is dead. Yeah, I, I could I could uh, roll with those little little bits. But again, it's not the most important thing ever. Also, that's another thing where it's like, they have that, I don't know, I'm just so used to movies having a scene where it's like, oh yeah, uh, Harley Quinn was in a roller derby league, right? Mm -hmm. And then it just doesn't mean anything, it's just like a scene. And here it's like, oh no, that's going to be the climax of the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Which is, again, like really remarkable setup and payoff because one, we're seeing her know how to use the, the roller skates at first, but also like how she doesn't work well with others in that. And then here, that's the entire climax is her working well with others. And it's not yeah. like her being like, wow, I never worked well with others before. We're just seeing it play out. Also, that's another, I think another moment where it was kind of like signaled that this movie might be something special, just to go back, is uh, the scene when she kind of like leaves her roller derby league because they're all talking about, talking shit about her. Mm-hmm. There's just like, if you, if you look, the one girl has like a tampon up her nose. <laughs> Because it's bleeding so much. And it's like there's no attention really drawn to it. And it's like that's a detail that did not need to be there. But someone made that decision. And I'm so glad they did. <laughs> and that, that this movie's full of little moments like that. Did Harley get a... Did she have her mallet in Suicide Squad? I don't think so. She had the Suicide bat, Squad. yeah. yeah. Which yeah. Uh, Margot Robbie still apparently owns. Which I like hey, a lot. Yeah, good for her. Yeah. That's that's cool. Yeah, I like how protective um, she is of the character now. I know. I hope that like she just has the power, even if this wasn't a huge hit. I hope she just has the power to just force more Harley Quinn movies. Yeah, that would be great. She'll be in Suicide Squad 2, which will probably be a big hit because James Gunn. Oh, she's going to be in that? Yeah. Oh, I thought... I thought... Huh. Yeah, I, I have okay. no idea. So, <laughs> I know she's okay. in it, but I, I don't know context or anything. I like James Gunn, so I am excited about that movie regardless. Yeah, yeah, me, me too. And they just let him go gun-ho, apparently, so which is, fingers crossed, we'll see. Yeah. Maybe we'll do a that's, commentary that's on that if it owns. Maybe, I doubt it. But... Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I, am, I am genuinely sick of superhero movies. I was just kind of, like, this is like... It was like that moment where like genres start dying, but then like in the last few years of their like moment, a couple like brilliant movies come out. Mm-hmm. This is kind of it. It's like April Fool's Day being at the end of the slasher genre like <laughs> era. Like this is kind of what that feels like. Also, I do love that like they save Canary, like the one person with actual powers for like this one moment. Oh yeah, well it, it's literally her finding no... her voice. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, but superhero movies never do this where it's like a build up to them using the power once. Which is something that I guess the other like really good superhero movie of recent years is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. And that's a movie that's all about him trying to learn how to use his powers. <laughs> and then I like that you also see it takes a toll on her, you know, because, yes. you know, we're, we're talking a lot during this commentary and, you know, they're fun. But, like, if we do it for a long time, it does get a little tiring. Like, that's just... It's just normal human energy being yeah. expent. Yeah, life, living is a fucking exhausting thing to do these days. <laughs> yeah. So, 
Imagine like trying to perform any basic task <laughs> under under the climate of the world right now. <laughs> Maybe we're all living in Gotham City. Maybe. It fucking feels like it sometimes. Yeah. And not maybe. in a fun way. Someone needs to fucking come up with a better Batman. We need a, we need a new Batman for our times. And unfortunately, Robert Pattinson Batman looks like it's going to be Batman Begins again. Yeah, but Robert but, Pattinson is like a genuine crazy person, so that'll be kind of fun. He's a good actor, and I like his stuff, but I just, I you know, I'm waiting on that one. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see. Like but right now, this is if as long as I get this movie, I'm fine. Yeah, like God, I it, oh, that's this, great. revisiting this again, I'm just like, wow, yeah, this was even better than I kind of teed up for you. <laughs> I know it's even better. Like it gets better every time around. And so we're like after watching after we recently did Rise of Skywalker, <laughs> like I when I logged it, I took away half a star and then I added that half a star to this movie. <laughs> So this went from four and a half stars to five stars. I don't. I don't remember. I think I gave it four. I don't know. I think you maybe gave it three and a half. No, that's not. I definitely did not. I, I know I didn't go lower than four. But let's 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 look it up. Okay. Well, I don't. I'm I don't do star ratings you. anymore. But I'm pretty sure I gave it four. And oh, you know what? Like... You didn't give it a star rating. That's what it was. Oh, okay. Okay. But hold on, I'm going to roast my friends. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Well, then, hang on. Surprised. I also want to say, while you're, while you're looking up all that, uh, the car chases are like a genuinely lost art form, I believe, unless you're mm -hmm. like George Miller, apparently, or the Wachowski sisters. Um, mm -hmm. So shout out to this car chase for being like genuinely thrilling and a tee up from her previous uh, excursion roller skating in the beginning and in the abandoned amusement park. Like, this, this stuff just really, like, kind of kicks ass. Yeah, Diego, you did not give it a star rating. It's so. too good for star ratings. Look in here, like, everyone I know gave it, like, three and three and a half. Yeah, to me, that's crazy. Like, I, I expected Abby more Phelps people gave to, it three. To What's it? wrong with you, Abby? <laughs> Dan Doherty did not give it anything. Not even a like? He just said this... He just said, this kicks so much ass, it's crazy, so that's good. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's good, that's good. Um, Silent Dawn gave it two and a half. Mm. Mm. I like that kid, though. He's. I'll, I'll mm. yell at him later. You better. Yeah. Everyone deserves their ass kicked for this. <laughs> We're just not... We should have all been, like, championing, championing it, like... I mean, this should have been a moment. Yeah, uh, I love this finale with like the the atmosphere and like the fog and like the the distant lighthouse constantly like changing the lighting of the scene and I don't know like it's just like wow this is like a real film with like production and that's really refreshing in 2020. Yeah. You know, like I loved Bad Boys for Life, but like the direction in this like just wipes the floor with it. <laughs> Also, Bad Boys for Life is actually a solid film, even if you didn't like the first two. So, everyone check that out. Well, After I, you watch I, Birds I, of Prey. I, maybe. Who knows? I don't really care about those <laughs> movies. <laughs> I mean, shit, what else? 
Also there to say it's just I don't know it's, I, I'm, I'm kind of caught up in the scene again yeah <laughs> it's just it's just very well done yeah and it's another one of those things where like I, I, I think like a movie's true strengths and weaknesses show when you watch it with no sound mm-hmm. so you only have the visuals to go on and this this like Rise of Sky, Skywalker you saw how truly bad it was and this one you kind of see how really great it is yeah. his delivery when he says fucking moron here is so funny <laughs> <laughs> just like really emphasizes moron <laughs> oh it's great margot robbie best actress Ewan mcgregor best supporting actor that's my go. that's my bill for the academy fucking cowards of course how many movies are there where there's a best supporting actress and i mean best actress nominee and then best supporting actor nominee usually it's the other way around yeah it's like the imitation game or some shit. Oh yeah, here comes the greatest. Oh movie yeah, this is. I lost my. I went fucking feral in the theater. Honestly. Oh, it's so great. <laughs> I saw it with a crowd. That loved Sorry, it. It's uh, so good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's great. So unnecessary, but I'm glad they did it. Uh, you know what? Maybe this movie is a little extra, but like in totally the right ways. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and they have a heartfelt moment together after a man blew into tiny bits. <laughs> as it should be. Uh, yep. Celebrate blowing up a guy mm-hmm. with tacos. <laughs> it's so good. And you know what? This reminded me of Pineapple Express. Uh, and this is a better movie than Pineapple Express as much as I love it. But like, <laughs> and like they're just talking about like, whoa, isn't that fucking crazy? But in a superhero yeah. film, like, that's so good. This, like, it's the swarm scene from Avengers, but, like, extrapolated to, like, the nth degree. But, like, a real scene and not a punchline. Yeah. I mean, but it, that works for that movie. This is more interesting. Yeah. You get to the characters. I'm just, I'm just a little annoyed. It works for that movie. I'm just annoyed that that seems to be, like, the one joke all these fucking movies do. It's like, hey, we should go to ta- like like normally you'd be like, let's go get tacos, ha ha ha, and then like we they wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, like we don't we don't see that, but here they they literally do, and margaritas, and they all just and they like commiserate for a moment. Yeah, oh. and the thing where it's like I think the best movies like they work because you can also feel like it'd be fun to just see these characters hang out mm-hmm. for like a day. Which I'm always pushing for. I'm pushing for, like, now, like, in this age of streaming services, like, maybe they can put up, like, a TV movie special that are just, like, these wild characters hanging out. <laughs> and, you know, credit to something like Toy Story, which did do that from time to time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which yeah. I, I did appreciate. You know, not, like, amazing short films, but it's like, oh, that's cool. They're just on mini hangout adventures. What about those Cars short films? Anyway, so Mary Elizabeth Winstead is really good <laughs> in this. Her awkward little, like, yeah, like, hell yeah, fist bump. It's, like, so funny. I like that Huntress finds it hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Hold on, my cat Otto is... Hey, Otto, what are you doing? He's enjoying the film. Now, I remember you complaining about the ending of this when we talked. Yes. Uh, I'm okay with it now. I am literally okay with everything, but the, the one problem I had was that uh, it didn't feel like Harley Quinn 
and Cassandra Kane really grew when I first watched it at the end. I don't, I don't think it ruined anything. I just thought them driving away was like, eh, like you probably could have ended it. I, I didn't need them literally forming the birds of prey or anything like that, but I, I, I just think it caught me off guard. I'm okay with it now. I still don't think it's the best, but I don't think it's you bad You know what I have to anything. say to that? What? You know what I have to say to that? You're a fucking moron. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> uh, and I love the the Birds of Prey get up a lot. Oh yeah, and like the the one moment she's got like a mask on. Yeah. I think the question will show up in one of these movies. Uh. Maybe because Renee Montoya becomes the question in the comics. I mean, I'd be okay if she was just called that eventually. You know, we don't need maybe, to, we don't need I, to set up the other guy. I, I like I like the question. I just want to. I, I wouldn't mind even if you just showed up for one movie just to pass the torch. I would really like to see the question. And he had a thing with Huntress in the, the cartoon. Oh yeah, huh? That was a good cartoon. And he was voiced by Jeffrey Combs. Oh yeah, the Reanimator. Yeah, and he was just like a crazy conspiracy theorist. That was a really good take on the question. Oh yeah, yeah. That whole arc with him is great. Uh, and there you go. There she's winking at the camera, basically. He finally gets her egg sandwich, which looks terrific. Um, I like that. What I like is that it does simultaneously look as gross as it probably would be in real life, but also <laughs> looks delicious. Yeah. Uh, and these these end credits what, are great. Yeah. Who did this? I don't know. But thank you, whoever did it, because it's... Yeah, thanks, the person who did this. Delightful. It's all, all of this was fantastic. Yeah, no, this is the best superhero movie since, like, ever. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't, I can't think of the last time I really liked um, a superhero film this much. It, it's up there with, like... Because for me, it's Thor and Guardians are, like, head and above the other Marvel movies. And Iron Man mm-hmm. 3... Uh, this is up there with Guardians 2 for me. Like, every time I've seen it, I have, like, enjoyed it more. And, oh, Daniel Pemberton did the score. That's why it's so fucking good. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I just derailed my own train of thought. But, like, Daniel Pemberton, for those who don't know, did King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. But also Spider-Man Into the <laughs> Spider-Verse, which has an amazing uh-huh. score. And uh, he, he's getting more and more work. And just keep, keep an eye out. That dude's going to, like, blow up, like, Michael Giacchino, I think. Yeah, because this is an industry where they really let talented people blow up these days. <laughs> well, look, I was right about Tessa Thompson. I'm going to be right about him, too. All right. Mark my words. Uh, any... What's Lexi Alexander up to these days? I didn't say she was going to blow up. So... <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying. <laughs> no, that, she should. Like, yeah. we all should have. She she should have, like, we should have rallied around her after Punisher Warzone. And that didn't happen. And I desperately don't want the same thing to happen to Kathy Yan. Well, we'll have to keep championing her stuff. Because uh, she's too valuable to, to let go. Matt, thank you for joining me on this Waffle Press commentary. Are there any final thoughts? This world is full of cowards. Yes. Is that your final thought? <laughs> I just want I just want everyone to know that I think they're cowardly and I don't respect them. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um... Okay. Do you Thanks want... for the pay- paying for the Patreon to get this exclusive commentary. Yeah, I, I might make this one public down the line. At the time of recording, I still haven't released the thing, so let that be a message to all of you out there to Whoa. check out the Patreon to get these early. And um, 
I, I guess where could the people find you, Matt? Talking about I'm Birds of Prey. OTN1 at twitter.com. I'm also on Letterboxd, I believe is Emperor OTN. <laughs> I don't know. And I have a Twitch, but that's like on hiatus because of technical issues. Okay. Well, I mean, by the time this goes up, though, you'll probably be back. Nope. No? Okay. Never mind. <laughs> nope. Nope, I will not. And you can find me at the Diego Crespo on Twitter. Check out the Waffle Press on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and of course, here on the Patreon. So thank you so much for listening. Thanks for watching. We have been professionally unprofessional.